Thank you so much for listening to the Talking Classical podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget that you can subscribe to the Talking Classical podcast and you'll receive a notification every time a new episode is released. You can also follow the Talking Classical podcast on Twitter, on the Talking Classical blog and on Facebook and YouTube. Many thanks for listening once again. I hope that you'll be able to join me for the next episode very soon. Thirty-nine years ago, at a very early age, I was uh, 22, um, I was appointed the chorus master at the City of Birmingham Symphony Orchestra. It was a fantastic opportunity and I grabbed it with both hands and I began, but I was so young that I didn't know anything. I mean, I'd been singing all mm. my life, mm. I knew lots of repertoire, I had studied conducting but studying is a different thing from doing it. And I've been very lucky to get a very early start and I did have plenty of opportunities. And I had lots of enthusiasm and I was able to persuade people that my rehearsals were energetic and fun and the results were quite good. But if I look back now, I realise that I didn't know very much and I was extraordinarily lucky to get this break so early. So about 10 years ago, so 30 years on, having uh, done this very particular job, which is training a choir for other conductors, for world famous conductors, mm -hmm. and then handing the choir over to Simon Rattle or whoever it is, um, to conduct, and then that relationship with other conductors and the place of a chorus that belongs to an orchestra with the orchestra, that's obviously the thing that's principally in everyone's focus, all that plus all the things I'd done in the 30 years at the CBSO made me realise that it was absolutely stupid not to share this with the next generation. Let's go back a stage. Um, until, for many, for many years, if you're a young person, you can study orchestral conducting or choral conducting in most American universities and in most German universities and in Scandinavian uh, establishments, and in the Netherlands, and in Belgium, basically everywhere. Now you can do it either in music colleges, in conservatoires, where obviously you're doing the, the practical study of music, and in America in particular, in universities, where you're doing the essay writing as well that goes with it, um, and the great advantage of doing it in a university, the American or Canadian model, is that there are lots of choirs because you have an enormous um, student body and you not only have music students singing um, and playing but of course you have all those medics and all the people studying German and mathematics and astronomy and so on and lots of them want to sing so any American campus has lots of, has a director of choral activities and we didn't have anything like that. Of course, we had our very famous chapel choirs in Oxford and Cambridge, and uh, we had small examples at Royal Holloway and King's College London and all sorts of places, Aberdeen, doing something similar. What we didn't have was the American model of a great big secular university like Birmingham with 37,000 students, 6,000 staff, with, um, amazing facilities, but no chapel deliberately no chapel, mm -hmm. a secular institution, 
and we didn't have the idea that you would have someone whose job was to motivate the campus to sing and someone whose job would be to motivate the campus to play. So 10 years ago, when the amazing facilities here were built, the Elgar Concert Hall and the Bramall, mm. the Vice-Chancellor and the university as a whole decided it was time to add to the... So this university was very famous for musicology. Mm. And as a byproduct of that, all sorts of wonderful things happened on campus to do with choirs, orchestras, and operas. But that work was, on the whole, um, squeezed into the time that lecturers, academic lecturers, and students could give to it. Mm -hmm. And I think it was thought that it needed to have more impetus behind it, particularly with the coming of fees because when I was a student, going to university was free of charge. By the time you were paying £9,000 a year, you expected to get something for it. Um, and of course, a university like Birmingham then invested heavily in sport, the amazing uh, swimming pool and all the, uh, all the sports facilities, yeah, um, and in music and theatre and so on, following very much on from Warwick University that had blazed a trail since the 1960s, where I'm sure you're aware there's this amazing art centre, mm -hmm. and all of that is provided for the students, and no one is reading music, mm -hmm. and that is to make sure that every student at Warwick has the chance to see films, to be in plays, to play in an orchestra, to sing in a choir, as part of being a broader person, plus playing rugby, squash, climbing walls, years out exactly. in France, yeah, and so yeah. on. And so very late on in the day, Birmingham caught up. Now, I'd been at Warwick, um, and I had had the only job of its sort in the UK at that time, which was making music happen. And so by coming to Birmingham, I had a slightly smaller remit. My job, that was a full-time job. I was given a part-time job to make a half-time job to make choral music happen. Mm -hmm. um, in other words, to expand what my predecessors had done. Mm -hmm. And there is someone who does the same for orchestral music. I also said to them, I thought it was really t high time that a university in this country started teaching choral conducting in the way the Americans do, um, and to share my expertise. I'd already set up a course at the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama um, in one of our to, to, to make sure that young Welsh uh, conductors were being trained and international ones. And the Royal Academy of Music had been doing it for a while. Yes. And now, latterly, the Royal Northern College of Music is beginning to do it. Um, and the Birmingham Conservatoire is beginning to do it. But you can see those are all music academies. Mm -hmm. They're slightly different. Um, and they don't have that many opportunities to give their students what you call podium time to conduct choirs because they don't have that many choirs. Mm -hmm. Now, what they do is absolutely glorious. What we do is something distinctive. So we have lots of choirs and our students get lots of podium time. So every day they get the opportunity either to conduct or to assist, which makes it unique. Um, Cambridge tried something and abandoned it, so oh, we, are, okay. we have the only course of our sort. Also, we are unique in the whole world because we are the only place that works in association with a symphony orchestra, CBSO, and all our choral staff, or most of our choral staff, are also on the staff at the CBSO. So our students sing 
in the CBSO as well yeah. and uh, watch me working there and they learn all the repertoire there and we are the only place in the world that is teaching people to do the job that I got when I was 22 which is how to train a chorus to sing yeah. with an orchestra yeah. making us unique in the world. As a result it's been good this is the 10th intake uh, so we'll have done 10 years this time oh, next congratulations. year. congratulations. 10th intake so we began with one and then we had two students for a while, and then yeah. we had four students for a while, and suddenly this year we had six for a while. Yeah. And the reason for the, I think six is the maximum we're going to be able to cope with. Exactly. Um, making us much bigger than any of the other courses. So all those music colleges I mentioned take three a year, we okay. take six. They have six students because they take three in two years and take, and take two years over it. Oh, okay. We do one year, but of an astonishing intensity. And the point about this is that this allows people later on in their careers to come for us to us for one academic year, to take a year out of their lives, often from abroad, and to be back in place next September at their jobs in the United States or Canada or Argentina or wherever it is. So, so in every way our course is distinctive. Then because um, I've worked so much in America, Germany and Spain, we get a lot of Spanish-speaking students, a lot of Germans, and a lot of Americans. And when I say Spanish-speaking, a lot of them come from South America, mm -hmm. because my work in Barcelona is seen by South America. Right. Um, and one of the most exciting things to discover about working in Spain has been that to discover there is a whole different world view from the English-speaking world view, because of course, as you appreciate, there are hundreds of millions of people who speak Spanish as their first language um, and who relate you know, Spain to South America and to all sorts of mm. different territories all over the world and as a second language in the United States and so on. And it's very useful to see a completely different world view through that language and those cultures. Mm -hmm. Anyway, because I'm known for what I do in Barcelona, uh, this year we have a Colombian student and a, an Argentinian student. Last year we had a Spanish student. Um, the year before we had an Argentinian student. We get uh, we, we we will probably have uh, we, we have a lot of applications from South America. And as the course gets more uh, well known, we really do get quite a lot of applications, allowing us to be to to choose and to have very very interesting and very accomplished students. So some of them come straight from their undergraduate. We have a young man called Jim, who's come straight from being an organ scholar in Oxford. But I think all the rest of them this year are either in their late 20s or their mid 30s. Mm -hmm. And they're coming to us having taught high school and done all sorts of things and really having lots of choirs and lots of experience coming to top that up. Mm -hmm. Often for the Americans then to move from high school to university teaching when they go back um, and for Germans who tend to come because they're very well educated in Germany and music but what they come for is a slightly different view of yeah. what they do and I think a different energy about it. Totally. So it's rather, the Germans tend to use us as a finishing school, okay. if you like. Um, but it often gets them up two steps when they go back in the career ladder. Mm -hmm. Also, there is no career ladder 
um, you know, it's not like being a doctor where you train yeah. and you do your number of years and then you get a house job and then you become whatever it is and in the end you become a consultant. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that. Um, just jobs get advertised exactly. and lots of people apply and one lucky person gets them. But of course if you've done a master's degree and if, you're, if you can have us writing your um, uh, recommendations and so on. It is noticeable that our recent graduates, well all our graduates, are very quickly in good employment. So it definitely is a leg up, but I can never guarantee them anything. Yeah. But it does seem that I spend a lot of my time writing recommendations and a lot of time congratulating them on getting jobs, which is wonderful. So that's why we do it and that's what the student experience is. And then finally, what do we teach? Well, we teach through, for example, today, they will all get an hour with me where they bring repertoire to me and I help them prepare for when they're going to conduct that repertoire. Mm. This evening, they will start taking turns to conduct their choir. They have their own undergraduate choir. Um, and I will be at that rehearsal and I will sit in the corner and make notes and then I'll give them feedback tomorrow. Tomorrow they will assist uh, Julian Wilkins with the big choir here, the University Chorus, yeah. which means not only do they sing in it, but they'll take sectional rehearsals and warm-ups and so right. on, so they're involved in that. And for that Julian gives them feedback, but also they learn the difference between tonight's choir, which will be a choir that is auditioned and can sing fairly well at sight and will, ar will arrive at a very good standard, the symphonic chorus, the, the university chorus tomorrow, will learn much more by ear and less by reading okay. and does a different repertoire and it's a whole different way of running a choir yeah. and they have to learn that. Also later yet tonight they will sing for Bob Chilcott, the composer who's the famous conductor yes. who conducts the university chorus yeah. and they assist him okay. and they will take it in turns to conduct for him during his rehearsals and get feedback for him. On Wednesday they will get three hours with me as a group where I will teach them the symphonic repertoire and just tell them basically my experience. And the repertoire we choose for the year is the repertoire they will sing in the CBSO chorus on Wednesday evenings mm -hmm. and in choruses and in concerts throughout the year. So let's say I teach them Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, yeah. but they will also rehearse it. Yeah and sing it with the orchestra. So they get a really they get full dimensional thing, a really thing, don't they? big dimensional thing. I think Mondays, Tuesdays and Wednesdays are the time when they're very, very busy. Yeah. On Thursdays they visit um, the CBSO's community choir, oh, which is amazing. altogether a different sort of choir. Yeah. Then they have to do all their academic work for yeah. the university. Then they have open access to visit and get involved if they wish in the CBSO's youth choruses, completely different sort of work, or at weekends to go to Gloucester or Worcester Cathedral and see that sort of work happening. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and in the holidays, they can then follow me around. So they get my weekly schedule, my monthly schedule. They have absolutely free access to the London Symphony and its chorus, um, or indeed, if they can afford it, to travel to Spain or to Germany with me. And the way this university works is academically extremely intense until Easter, and after Easter, 
um, people, the undergraduates, stop and start preparing for their exams. Yeah. So at that point, our conductors have more free time because the choirs and orchestras stop, not the CPSO, but the university ones. So at that point, they can travel with me much more. And then we examine them on and off all the way through the year by they give concerts with the various choirs. They also have Julian teaches them how to hear it's a very difficult thing to do, but you know how to listen to what the, who made a mistake there, what was it the tenors got wrong, yeah. and so on, and they get examined in that, okay. um, and so on and so on and so on and so on and so on, and it's all put together. And at the end, they have to write a long essay on what it was they learned and whether they're critical of us or happy with us, um, and that's the end of their year. But they should stagger out of here uh, worn out but elated and full of ideas and possibilities. And finally, I don't teach them by insisting they do things my way, but I expose them to lots of different ways of doing it and how lots of people might do it so that they've got a lot of people to see and to choose from. Amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. Um, so why specifically choral conducting with an orchestra, why is that area important? Well, you? because we need people, there are jobs there, all the orchestras have choruses, all the orchestras need conductors, and because throughout the world there is no training for this, mm -hmm. um, choral conductors who may be very good with their church choir or with a chamber choir or a gospel choir or whatever it is, will be invited to prepare choirs to sing with orchestras, but it's a different set of skills. Now, of course, it's only a slightly different set of skills, but think about this. All those medical students beginning in their first year, they're all going to the same lectures and they're all laying the groundwork for being doctors. Yeah. By the time they finish in six or seven years' time, some of them will be going to ear, nose and throat, some to heart, yeah. some to general practice and so on. Yeah. And they will be all disappearing off down completely different routes. Yeah. Um, they will all be called doctor. And they will all have been in the same year at Birmingham University. By the time they're 50, they will have almost nothing in common with each other. And it's the same with conducting. The things I do mean that I can conduct a children's choir, but I'm not a specialist in it. It means that someone who's sung all their lives and conducted church choirs, like I had, has no idea about Beethoven, Mahler, symphonies, about Verdi operas and so on. Opera is a whole different thing. They tend to train their own because people go into opera houses as pianists and they train the solo singers and then they play for the chorus master and so on. And they learn to be an opera chorus master or an opera chorus. So yeah. you tend to move through the opera houses and get a lifetime of experience in opera. But there is no possible training for the job that I do. And so every young person who gets one of those jobs has to start from scratch. The difference is that mine will not be starting from scratch. They'll be starting actually knowing what they're doing. Yeah. One of the things they do is spend some time in the office of the CBS. So they will know how many rehearsals are needed for things when to call in language coaches, when it's in Russian or whatever it is, how many sectional rehearsals, when do you need to split the choir into men and women only, um, to see how we audition and re-audition, when we bring in singing teachers and things like this. This is all stuff that didn't exist when I began in Birmingham 30 years ago, and I can now just tell them how to do it. You've given me a really 
fantastic overview of your course. Thank you so All much right, and well, I look forward very, to talking to the students later. Indeed. Thank you. My name is Jonathan Hatley. I'm from America, originally from Oklahoma, uh, coming from Texas. And what brought me to the university is uh, sort of the prospects of what we may be able to do after the course. And uh, also, of course, getting to work with Simon. I'm uh, Jonathan Lucas Wood. I'm from the UK, uh, specifically from Exeter in the southwest. Um, and uh, I really, I've been conducting choirs for kind of five to six years, um, but I really wanted to just take it to the next level and um, working with Simon, uh, who is kind of internationally renowned, um, it will hopefully help me to do that. Absolutely. Uh, I'm James Bates. I'm from Birmingham, so I haven't travelled too far. Uh, and this course in particular was attractive mainly because of taking what I'd practised as a chamber um, choirs and, and, and upscaling that to larger sort of symphonic choruses and the opportunity was uh, few and far between throughout the rest of the country. So it was a brilliant opportunity. Great. Well, my name is Daniel Rodriguez. I'm from Colombia. I'm, I'm here because I was so impressed about the huge time podium you can have as a student here at the University of Birmingham and, and also the amazing tutor of, of one of the greatest conductors we have nowadays. I, I have worked mostly with children's choirs but, but I'm here to, I'm up to learn what, what is going to, to be, um, what, is go, what I'm going to find here uh, to, to be a better conductor. Great, great. So I, I imagine that you've all had some experience of working with choirs at your previous universities. Um, was choral conducting something, was that quite new to you or did you come to orchestral conducting first and then you graduated to, to choral? So I come from a very musical family. My uh, grandmother sort of got me into choral conducting and so it's always been on my radar of something that I wanted to do. I have dabbled in orchestral conducting, but um, I would love to be able to merge the two uh, with symphonic choral conducting as well. Great. Yes, yeah, so I um, kind of fell in love with choral conducting when I was accepted into the National Youth Choir in Great Britain, um, age 16. Um, and ever since then, I've just been trying to kind of conduct as many choirs as possible. Um, I have done a little bit of orchestral conducting as well. Um, Things like uh, Gilbert and Sullivan, um, my previous university, um, but the focus is really on, on choirs for me and uh, training courses. And, yeah. Great. And I've been um, running a, a relatively small choir in my local church since I was 14, um, alongside a, a more senior organist. Um, but yeah, mainly sort of in the ecclesiastical world of, of singing, uh, playing the organ, conducting the choir. And then at my undergraduate, I was conducting the um, chapel choir as well. And we didn't have direct music in our first year, so we were sort of learning the repertoire, um, choices, etc., to be made again in the enthusiastical sense. Yeah. So this sort of opportunity broadens that horizon uh, a little bit and takes us into more um, secular works as well as um, some ecclesiastical works. As well. Great. Um, well, my undergraduate program was in choral conducting uh, okay. in, in Colombia, so 
and I have been working with choirs since I started my undergraduate degree, which I finished it uh, two years ago. Um, so yeah, I've, I've always been involved in choirs in the church, in the Catholic Church in, in, in Bogota, my city, uh, but also with all children choral programs that we have with different communities and also with a, a community choirs of adults mm -hmm. yeah, that mostly do uh, Latin American choral music. Um, so yes, that's my, that's my background. Great. So what are you hoping to get out of the course? Because I understand that you have your first, is it your first teaching session today with Simon? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of us. Some of you, oh, okay, okay. So what, 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 is, what do you want to learn? Um, how do you feel this is going to help you with your career goals or your ambitions? So who wants to, do you want to go first? I guess we'll yeah? Just yeah? 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 Well, I think we're in a unique position to, to be able to have these one-on-one -on -one sessions with Simon because he has such a, a vast amount of experience in choral conducting. So I'm looking forward to getting to pick his mind uh, about uh, some career goals of mine. Um, yeah. yeah, great, great. You're still very open-minded then about where you want to go after you finish the course. Still then. very open-minded, yeah. but I, I, I think I want to do something yeah. very similar to what Simon does right now. Great, yeah. great. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm fairly similar. Um, I think in the short term, I just really want to be a sponge. Um, you know, learning absolutely everything from Simon exactly. as possible, um, and uh, and also Julian as well, um, who has a vast experience himself. Um, Julian Wilkins. Yes. Um, and then I think um, after that, I, I currently have a choir to go back to Exeter. I conduct the Exeter Bar Choir, um, but I would like to um, apply for bigger jobs in the UK um, and potentially uh, travel. Um, as well abroad, um, yeah. that's been made a little bit more difficult by simplistic developments. Of course, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I really want to work with um, all sorts of choirs, very open-minded in terms of what the choir would be like, or all choirs, um, but I suppose my big agenda is to promote diversity within choirs around the world, yeah. um, particularly in areas that um, might not be wholly representative of it. The, the vast array of society. So, um, yeah, I'd love to get involved in just broadening diversity throughout the world. I kind of realise it's a bit of a big ask, but no, you know, just absolutely. starting in different places would be really fun. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, I, I'm really excited to. Uh, to discover new repertoire and also to improve my technique, my conducting technique, but to be focused on community choirs, uh, either children's or or adults, uh, because that's the main. Like thinking about the choral music or the choral activities with a social purpose. So. Um, so I, I am really excited to, to learn as much skills as I can to do that and to, to improve the level of any choir that I have in the future. I, I would love to apply some positions here in the, in the UK. Um, so, well, let's see what happens in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, have, 
have you um, sung all your life, or have some of you um, come to the choirs? I know that you you've all had experience of conducting choirs. Well, what is it about choral conducting that you feel most attracted to? It's <laughs> a big question. Yeah, um, I don't know. Getting to work with people is sort of what I really enjoy doing. And yes, I come from a, a singing background, yeah. but, but also keyboard too. My mother was a pianist, and um, I, I feel like those two things are going to uh, be extremely um, valuable to me as I continue on in choral conducting. Um, also, it, it's just a matter of. Um, performing great pieces of music to not only musicians but also amateur musicians or people who may not be musicians at all. Uh, getting this repertoire out into the public knowledge is something that I, I am very passionate about. Yeah. For me it's about um, the teaching side of things. Uh, I've always loved uh, the thrill of teaching, seeing the choir improve over a period of time. Um, yeah. it's the way you the um, I think seeing the prize come back after 18 years, yeah. it's been really, it's bringing just a lot of perspective how important choirs are for mental health um, and how much people really miss them and I think the, kind of the place that choirs have in society and perhaps the place that they should, the larger place they should have in the education system. Well, I think the, the best part of the choral conducting for me is, uh, is how you can make new relationships between people through the music and uh, how the choir is the place to, to make friends to, and also to discover new opportunities. How important is that you as a conductor has, have in your hands the possibility to give your students or your choir the possibility to go and to other places to sing in great, great concert halls, great churches, travel in, in the future. So, so yeah, I think the the music in the choir helps to build community. Great, great. Okay, so let's get to know a little bit more about you personally then. Your favourite choral work. <laughs> Maybe give you some time to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's hard for me to say because I feel like the 
whenever somebody asks me that, it's yeah. what my favorite choral work is, it's a lot of times what I'm working on at that specific moment. Or maybe um, the, um, so. the work that you want to conduct in the future. Well, and that's that's a hard question too yeah. because there are so many. Uh, <laughs> I feel like, uh, yeah, I do have favorite composers whose choral works I I really really admire, uh, and those composers are Mendelssohn. Uh, so of course, his oratorios, Elijah and Saint Paul. Um, I can't really count Christus because it's not really a full oratorio. But uh, and Benjamin Britten, I feel like anything that Benjamin Britten wrote is just a masterpiece, and uh, particularly his war Wheel. Great choice. Um, so, um, yeah, again, I echo Jonathan's sentiments about the changes we don't do. I suppose I can use my wedding as a, uh, a barometer of what my favorite choral pieces are. And um, in terms of modern composers, I'm a big fan of Eric Sassafras um, and his, his music, and particularly uh, Only in Sleep, which I think is just a kind of modern masterpiece. Um, in terms of larger works, uh, I'd love to conduct some, well, or not conduct, because I'm not going to be an orchestral conductor, but I'd love to train uh, the chorus for Marla 2 in the future. Marla um, 2 has been very special to me for a long time. Yeah. It was the first piece that I performed at the Lucy Proms. Uh, oh, wait, I saw that prom. It was so epic, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you guys were incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and actually, you know, that was a, a big challenge because it was young voices singing that music. Exactly. Uh, you often find that the um, with young voices you don't get the extremes, particularly mm. um, below uh, bass registers. Yeah. Um, so we worked really hard on uh, creating resonance that was right for the piece and, and being able to project the sound over the instrument. Um, but it, it really came off. I'll see you all be really difficult to, to find like a, a favorite one but I think that I enjoy a lot all the choral work of Fauré Fauré um, if we are talking about like classical music and in, in the whole term but I'm also very interested to introduce here some of pieces of choral pieces that come from Latin America and how to adapt some Colombian songs or, or in any other part of the Latin American uh, songs into a really high standard choral repertoire. That would be very interesting for me. I know that we only have a short amount of time, but tell us a little bit more about the Latin American composers in particular, which ones you'd like to introduce? Uh, well, um, well, we don't have 
Well, we have uh, great composers in in this big big uh, choral music, a few of them, uh, but mostly we have many composers that are considered popular composers that, that wrote some small line that it becomes really popular in Colombia or really popular in Mexico or in Argentina and and it's really good to how to you 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 hear that songs or that melodies uh, from some singers some popular singers but it's really interesting how you can make that music of doing that that melodies in a choir in a in a huge choir with voices with uh, with some some things and i think our music is able to to combine or to mix the choral singing to the to the dance singing yeah mm -hmm. so to to have a perform a, a big performance with with everything so uh, that's what i really 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 happy to to, to be in the future. Great. Well, it's been fantastic getting to know all of you and I really wish you all the best for this fantastic course and I can't wait to see where you all go in the future. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much.